Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Today, we're going to be getting into the Chicago White Sox, the future of the team, and how free agency is going to impact them going forward and their future. Um, before we get into it, I'm just going to get get right off the bat. I'm a Cubs fan, have been my whole entire life, but I'm going to go into this as non-biased as I can and be completely legitimate when I say everything I do about these players that I think the White Sox have in their farm system and um, currently on the roster. And I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to talk down on them just because I'm rationing them. Um, I don't think I used the right word there. But um, yeah, it's just I'm going to be completely honest. You don't got to worry about nothing. This is my honest take. I'm not going to mess around here. Um, So what's happened since the 2020 MLB season has ended? The White Sox have fired a previous Cubs manager and their own, Rick Renteria, as a manager. And they have hired former White Sox manager, Tony La Russa. Um, Tony is 76 years old. The culture of the Chicago White Sox is young. Um, The identity has not been found yet. I find it very interesting bringing back Tony. I find that more of an owner's issue or uh, an owner's decision more than a Rick Hahn decision. Rick Hahn is the president of the team. Um, but then again, Tony is one of the greatest MLB uh, managers of all time. He has three championships, I believe, with three different teams. Um, none of those, I believe, being the White Sox when he was the manager. I believe they did fire him. So it's interesting that they brought him back. But I think it's it's interesting for the culture, um, bringing back history of a strong leader, but there are some speculations because Tony has said things in the past um, on where he stands politically um, and how he feels about players kneeling and so on and so forth. And I wonder how that's going to translate into the locker room. But um, personally, I think it's a decent signing. I would have gone with A.J. Hinch or um, what was it? Um, Alex something. I forgot. I forgot his name. He just signed with I forgot who he signed with, too. But um, they had some decent manager possibilities out there. But I honestly think A.J. Hinch was the move. Uh, I believe he went to the Tigers uh, right up right under them in the division. They have a nice um, farm system brewing. I think that's going to be interesting for years to come. But to get back to the White Sox, listen, Tony's a grown man. He understands not to bring politics into the locker room. I think whatever he, he said those things, the things he did say, I'm not going to get into it. I don't agree with everything he said. I believe players should be able to express themselves the way they do and and their political statements should be heard. Um, They're not just players, they're humans too. But that's just my views on it and I'm not going to get further into that because honestly I'm just here to talk about sports. I'm not talking about politics. That's a whole different podcast. If you want that, I don't know what to say. Um, But I think Tony's a grown man and he knows not to bring that into the locker room and be negative or talk down and make rules. Because that'll just kill the locker room. It'll become a team cancer. And when you're already so many years apart from your players who are in their 20s, practically, there's a, there's a few guys in their 30s, and that's really it. But um, to be 76 years old, I think you really kind of got to establish yourself as the nice guy, not as the hard ass, pretty much. Um, but I think it's a good signing going forward. I don't know. He's been out of the league a while. I don't know how it'll translate um, into today's game. It's changed. Everything's quicker, faster, stronger than it was 10 years ago. Uh, We got guys pumping over 100 miles per hour as starting pitchers now on the regular. Um, There's at least one or two in every division now. It's insane. But um, I find it really interesting. I find it interesting. And I think going forward, we're really going to have to see where this goes. 
But um, I'm excited. I am excited for this to see this Sox team. Um, getting into further what's going on, I want to talk about the future of the White Sox. Now, they got a few prospects coming up. Some we've already seen, some um, some we haven't. But I think it's very, some we've seen very little as well. Like, you've seen them, but you don't, you know, you couldn't recognize them. You couldn't tell me what number you, jersey he wears. Um, first up, speaking of somebody like that, is Andrew Vaughn. We kind of saw him at the beginning of the year. Um, he was there, I believe, but um, he's a solid player. He's 22 years old, 6 feet tall, first baseman or a DH He's a tank. He's an absolute tank. He's a hitter, if I've ever seen one. Um, I believe his defense is, is where he lacks, but as a first baseman, there's a lot of first basemen out there that you really you don't think about defense. Uh, Anthony Rizzo is one of those special gems where he can hit and play defense, and he's amazing at both, and you don't get that every day. I think uh, me as a Cubs fan, I take that for granted. Uh, Rizzo is amazing. I love everything about him, but there's a lot of first basemen out there that really don't play defense as well. Um, so to knock the kid for not being able to be good at defense in Andrew Vaughn, I think it's something he can develop further. And I think that would be something amazing. And maybe he could be up to that Anthony Rizzo level one day, but we're going to actually have to see, um, how that pans out. But, uh, the kids, the kid is special. And I think with Jose Abreu mentoring him, I think it's going to be an amazing, um, amazing few years until Abreu eventually leaves and retires. Or just decides to leave the team. I think it. I think he has a lot to learn, and he can develop into a solid player. Um, next up, we got Michael Kopech. Kopech, uh, he's six three, starting pitcher. He can throw up to one hundred and five miles an hour. Prior to his Tommy John surgery, um, he decided to opt out this season, so we didn't get to see how he is after his surgery. Um, but I believe in this kid. He's got um. He's got some things going on. At home, uh, he's got, you know, he's he, he struggles with mental illness. He's expressed that before. Um, I think a part of that was why he opted out. He just kind of wanted to work on himself. Uh, but I love the kid, and I love that about him. It shows, it shows the realism of baseball and of sports in general. I mean, we all have our struggles. We all have those days where we just kind of... We just kind of can't can't get up in the morning. You know what I mean? But the fact that this kid's going to come back and he's going to show himself, show everybody... That he can do it. I think that's a, that's an amazing and beautiful statement um, and tribute to the league and the game. And as a person, I think that's pretty cool. I, I know I know some people I've seen knock him for it. Um, personally, I don't really joke about that stuff. I think if you're fighting your demons and you're doing your thing, I think that's that's great. You know, you're you're fighting every day, and that's great for you. Um, the kid, like I said, though, can throw 105 miles per hour every pitch. 100 to 105, I should say. Um, not every time. But the kid's amazing. The kid looks great. Um, I love everything about him. He's a lefty, I believe. Uh, that makes it even more special. But, um, yeah, I think the kid, if he comes back, I think my one main concern with guys who are throwing over 100 miles per hour as starting pitchers, I would love to see Michael Kopech just go to the bullpen. Um, not that he can't be a starter, but I've, I don't know. I just feel like, you, you know, you already had one Tommy John injury. And um, we've seen that a lot with guys who throw over 100 miles per hour for a long period of time. Um, and usually that's over years of just coming out of the bullpen. But this kid's coming out pitching like five to seven innings a game um, as he's expected to. But it's just one of those things where it's like, how long can you really do that until the arm falls off? You know, you really got to think about your long-term success rate as a team. Um, I personally wouldn't have him do that. I would have him, you either have to tone it down, maybe... You know, 96, 99, maybe bump 100 every now and then. 
but I wouldn't go crazy with 100-plus every pitch. You're just going to wear down and tear down that arm that's been struggling to build back up this whole time. I think it's great that he did opt out. Um, not that he opted out, but that he got that chance to opt out um, and just relax it and work on himself and keep rebuilding and rehabbing. I think it's going to turn out great for the 2021 season. I'm excited to see what he has to bring. Um, next up, we got Nick Madrigal, 5'8". <laughs> Same. Um Second baseman, 23 years old, insane hitting ability. Knock this kid for his height all you want. Um, he is not a scrub like me. He is a stud. This kid can easily win Silver Slugger awards. Um, he could be. He could. He could bat probably 350 every year if he wanted to. Um, this kid's t- untapped potential is amazing. His defense is stellar. Um, it's looking pretty good from what I've seen at least. His height, yeah, you can knock him on his height, but that really doesn't mean anything. That's really the only critique anybody really has against him. He's a solid hitter. He's just not going to get you the home run ball. He's not going to hit the deep ball at all, Um, maybe once or twice a year, unless he develops that. Um, I don't really see him doing that. That's not really his game. He's more of a hit-for-contact kind of guy, and you need guys like that. I mean, this kid's going to be an amazing leadoff or amazing um, cleanup hitter. I mean, it's just... It's going to be really interesting to see where they go with that and how that's going to develop further. Um, I think you could put them one through four in the lineup. You could put them ninth. Some guys are doing, putting your best hitter ninth for contact. I mean, not your best hitter overall. But um, So then the top of the order starts, and this guy's already on base, you know, mid, mid-game, third inning, sixth inning. Um, interesting takes like that, I think, you really don't get to see often because, I mean, you get, you get decent hitters batting ninth, but you never really get a straight-up contact hitter ninth, and then you get your leadoff batting right after. So that's kind of like a perfect uh, situation. You have somebody like Jose Obreu or um, Lewis Robert batting first, and this kid's already on base. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a two-run right there if one of them hits a bomb, which they're most likely going to do the way we've seen them clobber the baseball in recent um, games. Next up, we got – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to butcher this. Garrett Corchette. Corchette? I don't know, 6'6", six, six, wow, starting pitcher, he could throw in the hundreds, he's 21 years old, um, I don't think I mentioned it, uh, Kopek is 24 years old, so this kid, he's a little bit older, um, Garrett's younger, uh, he had a little minor injury, or a little scare to his arm, I don't remember if he was a lefty or a righty, it wasn't really his arm that showed me something, uh, that I, you know, took under consideration when I wanted to make this video. His arm is nice. He throws over 100 miles per hour, but it's his legs for me. The way he uses his legs, if you watch his release, um, it's really interesting to see how he pitches. He uses he really just has huge momentum in his legs and his stride, and I think that's where all of his power comes from, and that's actually a really interesting thing you don't see from pitchers nowadays. Um, I don't even really know how to get into it or even how to explain it, but you just have to look up his uh, highlights on YouTube or something, and I promise you, this kid, it's just, you look at him pitch, and it's just something you really don't see often. Mostly, you see, like, guys like a Rollis Chapman, their their biceps are bigger than my head, but um, this kid, he just looks like an average guy with just, and, and then he just lifts that leg, and you're just like, holy crap, like, I didn't even, <laughs> like, he just looks like an acrobat. Um, I love it. I love everything about him. I think Again, I'm going to say this though, I really don't know how I feel about guys being starting pitchers throwing over 100 miles per hour every other pitch. I think it's very dangerous. You're playing with fire. Um, Like like what happened with Michael already with the Tommy John. 
it's it's inevitable. I mean, you really there's nothing you can there's nothing you can wear, nothing you can do to prevent getting Tommy John surgery, um, other than not playing. I mean, some guys are just prone to it. Um, throwing hard is also a part of it, but um, to do that for I mean, again, I think they're too talented to put just in the bullpen. But it's an interesting take. If you really need somebody in the bullpen, there's guys that are throwing 105 miles an hour on the dot or in the hundreds at least uh, on your team. And you can definitely go to that. And you have depth in the pitching, starting pitching area. So you definitely could contribute to that. I'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, that's honestly, I think that's a huge risk right there. Um, next up, we got Dylan Cease, my clone. Everybody always used to say I look just like him when he was a cub. Um, then he got traded to the White Sox. And the kid's amazing. I love the kid. Um, obviously, I understand why they traded him. But, you know, the past is the past. And we're looking forward now. Um, Jose Quintana was great for us. And, you know, it all it all works out the way it's supposed to. I believe that. Um, he's 24 years old. He's a solid pitcher. Um, he didn't have the greatest ERA last year. But he's coming into his own. Like I said, he's very young. He's um just becoming the starter um in the MLB. I think this is his second year now. Uh yeah, second second full season. Um I think we 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 have a lot more to see from him and from what I've heard he's developing new pitches. Um I think that's really what he needed. I think that's why guys were figuring him out because I believe he only had like 3 or 4. And I think you really do need a 4 to 5 in pitches to make it in the MLB. Um I love guys like you Darvish because he he has like 11 and and they're all they're all hitters. They're all they're all uh, not hitters. Um, what should I say? Yeah, they all hit. They all they're all amazing. They all work. He works through all of them. None of them are worse than the other. You know what I mean? It's just it's things. It's little things like that that I find very interesting. That guys come up with new pitches or they try every off season. They try to um, acquire a new one. So it just makes it so much harder for the hitters and the batters to. Um, I don't know why I said hitters and batters, but. To just get that um, pitch coming. They really don't know what's coming. They don't know what to expect. I think that's very interesting. Um, it's currently 1.50 a.m. So if you hear me kind of mess up my words there, that's really why. Next up, we got, we've seen him already this year. He's a rookie of the year candidate, six foot two center fielder, and now gold glove winner, um, Lewis Robert. Lewis Robert is something special. I think he's an amazing hitter. I think he could be one of the greatest players in this league for years to come. Um, it's very interesting to see Lewis Robert play. I think, um, obviously he just won a gold glove and you can say, oh, well, it was only 60 games against crap teams. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> crap teams in their division, but, um, he still won it at the end of the day. And you watch this kid's defense and you know no matter what. I mean, he's running in the left. He's running in the right, taking balls everywhere from everyone. The kid's just a stud. I mean, he's just amazing. And I think, honestly, he could be a top three player in this league if he continues to develop the way he is. He batted, I believe, in the 230s this year. As I said, um, I don't believe he's the rookie of the year, but I believe he's up there. Um, he will develop that uh, batting average better. It's not really his fault. It was his first year, uh, short year, and and I just can't wait to see so much more from the kid. I think he's going to develop into an amazing player, an amazing athlete. Um, and from what I hear, he's just a great guy. Um, there's no problems with him. He's an, he's, an ad, he's an educated kid. He's a smart kid. There's there's nothing about Lewis Robert where I go, all right, this kid's concerning. Or he's he's a little cocky, but I mean, <laughs> trust me, 
I would be too, and you would be too if we were that talented. And all around, this kid can base run. This kid can do whatever you ask him to do. He could play anywhere in the outfield. Uh, honestly, with him being 6'2", out, he's athletic enough to probably play shortstop. But I'm not going to get that deep into it. But, um, yeah, that's the future so far. There's a couple other guys, but we've already really seen them and pretty much got an idea of what they are. Um, Zach Collins is one of them I didn't want to mention because Zach Collins, honestly, you sign McCain and Grendel, and I don't know. I just think his time is – he is what he is. There's nothing wrong with him, but we'll have to see how that works out. But um, free agency needs. We're going to get into free agency and – I believe that's coming up soon, I think in December. But um, honestly, this is, this is what makes it or breaks it. Right now, the White Sox need two positions, in my opinion. They need one more starting pitcher, and then they need a right fielder. And there's interesting, there's interesting takes out there. I like it. I like it. But for starting pitcher, honestly, it's boom or bust for me. I don't care if you sign the second best, the third best, the fourth best, whoever. I don't care who it is. If you're not getting Trevor Bauer... You lost free agency. You got the money. The White Sox have the money. I don't want to hear the excuse. They just signed all these guys, all your rookies, to seven, eight-year deals pretty much. Um, All cheap, all cheap. Uh, We'll get into that another day. I think that's a little messed up um, to do that to a rookie. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Like I said, it's like a a $50 million contract, $70 million contract for seven years. I just think, I don't know, you're – you're throwing money at them, and I think that's why they're taking the deals. But I'm not a fan of the White Sox for that move. But um, that's why the Cubs are better. But um, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is a 2020 Cy Young winner, 1.73 ERA in 2020. I think the kid's amazing. Um, the kid's got so much swag and so much heart, and he's, he's just such a troll. I love the kid. Uh, you got the money. He loves guys like Tim Anderson. I think that that'd be an amazing clubhouse to have with uh, Tim Anderson and uh, Trevor Bauer. I think Trevor Bauer would bring this team to the next level, the next the next stage of their development. Um, there's nothing that tells me they can't do that. They have all the money in the world for reasons, like I said, and um, mainly because the whole team is just full of rookies and guys who are um, clubhouse friendly in contracts. And I find that very interesting. Um, there's another guy I think they everybody wants them to add George Springer. I think George Springer is great. Um, he has a great career batting average, 270. But I just don't think he also had Dallas uh, Keuchel um, on his team in uh, Houston. We're not going to talk about Houston. This is not a podcast about the Houston Astros. Hate him, hate him, hate him. Um, cheaters. So is George Springer and Dallas, I believe. But um, maybe not Dallas. I don't know if Dallas actually won with them. But um, I think he was there. Anyways, aside from that, uh, George Springer has a great bat. He brings a great leadership. He's 31 years old. I love that, but I feel like they have a better chance with Marcel Ozuna. He had a 338 batting average this year in 2020. He's 29 years old. Um, the kid's just coming off a hot year, and I think he's also a right fielder. Um, you need that right fielder because you're really missing that with Eloy um, Eloy Jimenez is he's a great hitter and I'm not he he's amazing against a lot of teams in this league but um and a lot of amazing pitchers but um it's just one of those he just really doesn't have a defense and I think they're going to end up just putting him at the DH spot but we'll have to see how that plays out Lewis Robert covers for him a lot it seems um so I think you need that other presence and 
either Springer or uh, Marcel, I think, are amazing options to get that second guy in the outfield. Um, like I said, you don't need all three of them to be amazing, but it's better to be two than one. Um, that's just my opinion. And I think this kid's an actual... Marcel is a legitimate hot hitter right now. He's young. He's still in his 20s. He's about to enter his 30s. Um, that's usually a peak for a lot of hitters that hit that stride between 27 and 30, uh, where they just go crazy and just start clobbering the ball. Um, that's why I'm so excited for, um, Lewis Robert, because I mean, the kid's only 21, I believe. I mean, that's pretty exciting. This kid's been clobbering him since he was like 14 years old and and he's not even in his prime yet. But, um, it's one of those interesting situations. Marcelo Zuna has a 276 batting average career-wise, um, slightly better than George Springer, but not slightly. It's pretty decently over George Springer. But, um, yeah, I think Trevor Bauer and Marcelo Zuna would be amazing additions. Like I said, you can afford both. You can, I know Trevor Bauer is really into, from what I've heard, one-year deals. He likes one-year deals because then, you know, you get your money guaranteed. You get probably like $20 million, $30 million deal for the year. And then um, if you're lucky, I mean, I think he's good enough to get that, but it's one of those things where you can also extend them for the long run and not have to worry about other contracts that are coming up. It's it's pretty interesting to do that. It's pretty interesting to see this take. I think they can afford both long-term, but I can also see why they only do it short-term for uh, both of them. Um, that's free agency. That's all I really have. You really just need one starting pitcher, maybe a couple role players here and there, but I think you bring up a lot of those guys like Andrew Vaughn, um, Nick Madrigal and all those boys, I think you bring them up. Zach Collins, maybe even, I don't know. You already got two catchers, but you could put them somewhere else as well. But getting into um, the actual team and the actual roster going into 2021, this is where I have everybody. As your ace, your number uno, I have Trevor Bauer. Uh, He's posted in 2020, like I said, a 173 ERA. He looked great. I loved everything about it. Um... He's cocky, he's swag, he's got the swag, he brings the macho, the macho type feel. Uh, the kid's just fun. I think it'd be an amazing number one ace. Uh, number two, I'm putting Le- Lucas Giolito. He threw a no-hitter in 2020, he was amazing. Um, there's nothing really bad you can say about Lucas Giolito. He had somewhat of a high ERA towards the end of the year with a 348. Um, yeah, you could say that's somewhat bad and concerning, but it's... I mean, I really, I wouldn't worry about it. It's just pretty average, Um, especially in a short year like this. He still threw a no-hitter against, I think it was the Pirates. Yeah, against the Pirates, who are one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. But a no-hitter is a no-hitter. It's special. Um, Love to see it. Dallas Keuchel is my number three. Um, He posted a 199 ERA. Pretty solid year for Dallas. Dallas was balling out. Um can't say nothing wrong about the guy. The guy was a solid number three. And to have him as your number three, that's most guys' number one. Um, I think that's a really interesting take. And I think this is kind of like a three-headed monster. And these next few guys, I'm actually really interested in seeing because you already have a three-headed monster. And then you got these other guys who aren't any, they're not scrubs either. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. One guy who might get moved to the bullpen considering, um, he has a pretty nasty ERA at 3.97. Um, yeah, Dan Dunning. Dan Dunning, I think, could... From what I've heard, he's 25 years old. Um, the guy's pretty solid. 
you really you really got youth youth on this team and I think that's what's going to get you there and I think that's what keeps a lot of the fans confident is because they're so young they can develop into anything um at any time that's the interesting part I mean I saw that with my Chicago Cubs guys you never really heard of just came onto the team the next following year and and they were amazing they're amazing now and and they become household names um and I feel like this is what this team is capable of they're just a few years behind what we created um with our rebuild and it's been successful so far and um, I'm excited to see how they go with this. Um, he might get moved to the bullpen, though, because of guys. I also have guys like Ronaldo uh, Lopez. Ronaldo? Yeah, Ronaldo Lopez, I believe. He had, a, he had a 649 ERA. Yeah, you're going to the bullpen, bud. Sorry about that. But um, we also got guys Garrett Crochet, Cro- I think. Yeah, and uh, Michael Kopech. Um, with Michael returning, you obviously have him at the four and Garrett's younger. So you put him at the five, both of them throwing over a hundred miles per hour. I believe both of them are lefties. I don't know if Garrett is, I don't remember, but, um, Michael definitely is Michael a lefty. I'm pretty positive. Michael's a lefty. I know I'm tweaking right now. Like I said, this is not my team. Uh, and I did not get to see him play. So I have to have memory come back. Michael Kopech looking it up for you right now. Probably Sox fans are listening to this right now being like, you're an idiot. But whatever. Michael Kopech. No, he is right-handed. Whoops, my bad. Um, Garrett Crochet. I'm going to look up if he is because I'm not going to. Yeah, he's the lefty. All right. I knew one of them was a lefty. Um, sue me. I don't know. Sorry. Don't qu- I told you don't quote me. But um, it's one of those really interesting things where, I don't know, I think there's so much potential with both of them that at the same time, I really don't know how long they're going to last playing the way, the playing the style they're playing in. Um, I love it. I'm not knocking it. I think if you're pumping over 100 miles per hour, that's amazing. I'm proud of you. Like, that's that's interstellar stuff. That's That's universally not seen before until recent years but is there a reason for that we're gonna have to see um Dylan Cease has also had Tommy John um there's a lot of guys on this team that have had Tommy John surgery before and I think that's what's concerning the most to me about it is because most of the pitching staff on the White Sox it seems to me really just praise being able to throw as hard as you can and I don't think that's really what we should be working on I think the mechanics is where they need to be working on and being able to control the velocity of those pitches. Um, not just trying to throw as hard as you can and pray you hit the strike zone. Because about, I don't know, about 60%, 70% of that time you just hit that strike zone not knowing where you're throwing. It's going to go It's gonna go yard and, and it's going to be a big L. Um, we've seen that in years past with guys like that. A roll is Chapman gets rocked all the time in recent years. Um, on the Cubs, he was amazing. But on the Yankees, it's just, I don't know, stuff. Tough. Pitches like that are tough. But um, next up, I got uh, I got the bullpen. The bullpen, like I said, it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have to see. Um, Alex Colom, obviously your closer. He's a stud. Aaron Bummer, he's a stud as well. Uh, I got all the stats for you right here. Aaron Bummer's ERA was a point ninety six this year. Um. Yeah, he played nine games. That's that's not a lot, but I mean, a point ninety six throughout nine games. That's pretty solid. That means, I mean, you weren't. There were a lot of games you weren't even. Not even a single hit. Um, 
How many does it say? How many hits? Yeah, only five hits. That is insane. Gave up zero home runs. I believe he walked five. Yeah, wow. That is insane. Aaron Bummer is solid. Carlos Rodon, you also have. He had an 822. I don't believe Carlos Rodon will be on the team. Um, if he is, he will not be playing. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, guys like that. Jason Fry, 3.66 ERA. It's all right. Um, Matt Foster is interesting. Do we have Matt Foster on the list? They do not have Matt Foster. That is, oh, they do. Sorry. He had a 2.20 ERA. Alex Colomb had a .81. That is amazing. How many home runs did he give up? Zero. Wow. He gave up 13 hits in... How many games did he play? Innings pitched, 22. He gave up 13 hits. That is insane. Um, Jimmy Cordero, Evan Marshall, Steve Ciszek, they let go, I believe. Um, don't know why they let him go. He was pretty solid on my team, but... Wow, that's interesting. But yeah, guys like that, I think you could add Michael Kopech and uh, Garrett Crochet. But honestly, I would just see how it works out. If they get hurt again or if something happens to them, then I would pull the trigger. But until then, who knows? Um, Ronaldo Lopez might also be on this team. I don't expect him to be. He had a 6.49 ERA. Um, He's either going to be in the bullpen and barely play or he's not going to be on the team at all. Same as Carlos Rodon. But we'll have to see. Um, this is my favorite part of the video. Um, starting lineup. Lead off, I got Marcelo Zuna, if they land him, or George Springer. Um, both great hitters. Marcel coming off a three thirty eight uh, batting average. I would obviously put him at the number one spot. Um, Yoan Mancata at number two. Um, oh, and the reason I put George Springer at number one is because he's. I believe he's done it before with the Houston Astros. So why not? He's He's a veteran. He's a leader. He can get on base. He's a great base runner. Just roll with it. Um, Yoan Mancada at number two. Hopefully he comes back healthy. He had a coronavirus scare. Um, a lot of people were saying he just wasn't feeling like, him, like himself the whole entire year. But don't be fooled. This kid can ball. This kid is an animal. Um, he can hit the ball. He can catch the ball. He can do everything. He can do just about it. He's a great defender as well. Um, he's got a cannon for an arm. I think putting him at the two spot is a great follow-up for the next. Um, did he win the Triple Crown Award? I'm not sure. But um, he did He did win a Silver Slugger this year. Tim Anderson. Timmy A. Um, Tim is a solid hitter. There's no joke about it. Tim is honestly one of the best shortstops in the league offensively right now. Um, I think we have two of the best shortstops in the league with Tim Anderson and Javier Baez. Uh, Francisco Lindor is also an interesting case. And um, a few others, but honestly, with Baez's defense and this guy's offense, Baez's offense as well is amazing. Um, don't be fooled by any stats or anything. The kid, the kid can hit. Um, you got to remember, these guys didn't have a lot of spring training, didn't have a lot of preparation. It was a weird season. Um, they're not scrubs. They are amazing. I love both of them. They're both, and they both have just such amazing personality. Like they have nicknames. Uh, T A. Um, El Mago, I just love it. They just bring so much um, youth to the team and so much energy that, honestly, they can change any franchise either of them go to. That's why I got Timmy at three. Um, Lewis Robert, I got at four. Lewis Robert will be real interesting. I, You know what? I'm going to put Jose Abreu at four. Yeah, I'm definitely going to put Jose Abreu at four. Um, 
just because I believe he's about to win an AL MVP award. He was clobbering baseballs. He was amazing. You can say anything you want about the 60-game schedule. Get over it. Baseball is baseball. It was a season. He won the award. That's how it is. All right. Um, next up, I got Lewis Robert. Then I would put I would put at the five. Um, yeah, I would definitely put him at the five. I think that's the most interesting right now. Um, yeah, definitely would. He's an amazing hitter. I think he can be the MVP. Um, you'll get a lot of RBIs if you're batting fifth, and this offense continues to produce the way I'm thinking it is. Uh, he can obviously become an MVP candidate if he continues to play the way we hope he does and develop the way we know he will. Um, and I'm saying no because there's no way this kid is a failure in the MLB. I think he's just going to be an amazing stud. Um, he's had some injuries with hand injuries in the past. Um, not sure how they've all occurred. I know one was because he used, he's a little too flashy sometimes and tries to make those plays that you really shouldn't be trying to make. Um you really could hurt yourself. You really could get injured. But, I mean, it is what it is. He's young. He'll figure it out. There's no doubt about it. Um, at number six, I got Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal can easily bat 330 this year, but I have him so low um, in the middle of the lineup because, number one, at the beginning of a lineup, if you're batting six, I think that's amazing. You obviously get your leadoff man on for that inning. Um, if we were having a rally right now and one through five are all on, not at the same time, obviously, but you know what I mean? If they all got on and they're all producing um, zero to one outs, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, zero to two outs, obviously, but you know what I mean? Uh, if all is going well, someone who bats like that with for contact, I think it's very interesting to have in the sixth man spot. Um, Eloy Jimenez, I got at seven. Eloy's offense is great. Um, he's a home run hitter. Love to see that. He's a, he's a tank. The kid can hit. Um from any side of the field. I mean, he's just an amazing talent to watch hit, but I honestly, I don't know if I have him at the DH spot or left field. I'm really going to have to see. But for now, I have him at left field. Um, I got Marcel, Marcelo Springer in right, Yoan at third, uh, Tim Anderson at short, Lewis Robert at center field, Jose Abreu at first, Nick Madrigal at second base, um, Eloy right now is in left. Um, at eight, I got Yasmani Grandal. He, he's the catcher, um, obviously. But he also didn't have a great offensive season as well. But like I said, in 2020, I really don't take um, people's flaws in 2020 for much because some guys uh, adapted to it rather quickly and some guys didn't. Some guys had strengths in some um, components of the game and some had others in others. But I got him batting eighth. Andrew Vaughn, I believe they bring up Andrew Vaughn and he's the DH. He's the nine hitter um, because then if you get to the top of the order with Andrew Vaughn on base, it'll be really interesting. And I think at towards the end of the game, if you're relying on Andrew Vaughn to hit a home run, I believe it's possible. I believe I believe in this kid. This kid looks good um, from all my buddies who are White Sox fans. They say this kid can be one of the next greats. Um, Offensively, they say he could be Anthony Rizzo-esque, um, somewhat to that level. Defensively, I haven't heard much from him. Um, maybe he'll end up like Rizzo. Maybe he'll end up like somebody else, like Pete Alonso, um, who's just a power hitter. But we'll have to see. We'll really have to see. But I find it interesting. I find it's an interesting take. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. That's all I got for the starting lineup. Right now on bench, I got James McCann. Um, 
easily, easily could be a starting catcher in this league right now. Yasmani Grandal is, however, one of the better ones in the league. Um, then we got Nomar Mazada, Edward Incarcion, Adam Engel, and Danny Mendick. That's a tough name, Danny Mendick. That is tough. But um, it's a decent squad for bench. It is a decent squad. Um, not knocking it at all. I think, I think some of these guys could start on other teams. Adam Engel is highly underrated in my opinion. I think there's a lot to him that we haven't seen yet. I don't think he will get that opportunity if they do address the right fielder position. Um, unless Eloy does go to DH, but even if Eloy goes, I think they would try to find a way to get Andrew Vaughn out there just because they want him in the lineup, but we'll have to see how that plays out, and uh, regardless, he'll come off great on the bench. Um, what do I expect from the White Sox? Um, honestly, I expect the playoffs. In 2020, the White Sox reminded me somewhat of the 2015 Cubs. I like this analogy, but I don't, because in 2015, the Chicago Cubs were... One round away, they went to the uh, conference championship, I believe, and they played the Mets. Um, that's why I don't really like the comparison because the White Sox lost in the wild card. It's it's a little different. It's a little different. Um, you know, I really don't like that comparison because of how far the Cubs did make it um, and how little the White Sox really did. But at the same time, it's it's what I think their main thing was is the Cubs had Joe Madden. I think that's one of the main differences, and um, they had their their future. Um, they had their manager of the future at the time being. It's currently Joe um, David Ross, but at the time that was their manager to go into the future with. Um, they had Rick Renteria. Um, now they have Tony La Russa. Um, I think that's what they really needed. I think Rick was what was holding them back. Um, really, I I don't see why Rick had that job. I think they should have addressed that before the season even started, but there wasn't that many managers available at the time that I would have looked at it and been like, yeah, that's the, that's the guy for the future. But Tony, AJ Hinch, uh, I keep forgetting the other guy's name, but um, whatever his, I think he just signed, you know what, I'm going to look it up right now because I just remembered I think he signed with Boston. Whoever Boston signed, um, I don't know why I said it like that. I was just watching a Mark Wahlberg movie, that's probably why. Mile 22. Decent movie. Um, Boston Red Sox. Who did they just sign? Alex Correa. That's who it was, but I didn't want to say that. Um, Dang. Should have said it. Anyways. Yeah, I see 2021. I see them going in the kit kind of being like their 2016 year for my Cubs. Um, I think they're finally going to get everything addressed. They're going to have the veteran presence. Um, their young guys aren't going to be as young anymore. They're going to be more experienced. They're still going to be young, but they're going to be experienced. They had the taste of the playoffs. I think that's great for them. I think, I think honestly, um, the sky's the limit for this team, maybe even further. Um, they could do a lot, especially if they had guys like Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, I also think, might end up... I was going to do a completely different video, but I guess I'll just spill the beans. I think it, at the end of the day, I think it nails down to the White Sox or the Padres because I think he wants a super youthful team. I think he wants to play with guys like Tim Anderson and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., which, yeah, you guys thought I wasn't going to bring it up. You guys traded Fernando Tatis Jr. for James Shields. I don't care if you guys win three championships. That is a joke. Um, yeah, I mean, 
sheesh, that's tough. That's one you really got to live with. Um, but, you know, the past is the past. You needed to get James Shields in order to tank. I guess you could use that excuse. Um, but you really didn't. You really didn't. You could have kept Tatis in the minors and then just waited and brought some scrub up from Double A. But, you know, it is what it is. The past is the past. And if you keep looking that way, I mean, Tim Anderson's an amazing player at the end of the day. And uh, Nick Madrigal is actually what I think saves that um, debate on why you should have kept Tatis because I think even though he's not a home run hitter, I think he will have a better batting average than Tatis will. Um, not a better career by any standpoint. I think Tatis is one of those generational talents with Lewis Robert, Javier Baez, and uh, Mike Trout and Juan Soto and guys like that. I can go on, but I like Pete Alonso too. But um, and Ronald Acuna Jr. But anyways. I think the future looks bright. For 2021, what do I think they're going to win? I think they win, honestly, honestly, I don't know why I said it like that. It sounded like Tweety Bird. Um, 87 to 104 wins, if it's a 162-game season. Um, I don't know how COVID's going to play into this. I don't know if this gets better by then. If it doesn't, we're going to have to see. Um, they might do 60, what do they do, 60 games again? Yeah, 60 games. But it'll be interesting to see how many games they do play. If it's a you know traditional 162 games, I could see them winning from 87, and that's lowballing it. Excuse me, um, to 104. And 104 it seems like a lot, but if you really look at this rotation and this these offensive bats, there's no way they fumble this. There's no way this team could be bad, especially if Tony La Russa still got it. Um, if he's up it with it, if he's up with it. Um, in terms of like the game and the speed of the game and how it is now, this team, the sky is the limit. And I think they can honestly go to the World Series this year if they acquire guys like um, a, right, a solid right, veteran right fielder and someone like Trevor Bauer. Um, honestly, that, that, that'll be a deadly rotation. And I'm happy for you guys, honestly. It really is exciting. Baseball is exciting again. I'm a diehard Cubs fan until the day I die, and I will never talk down on my team. But um, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think the White Sox are going to be good. They are going to look amazing um, if all, if you know, barring injury and all that. But I pray they stay healthy because I love guys like this. I love young bucks who are just ready to play. Guys like Tatis, guys like Tim Anderson, um, Baez, all those guys. They're just so much, they're so much fun to watch. And uh, let the kids play is one of my favorite mottos because... That's really, even though Tony La Russa seems to not like that, uh, that's really what it's all about, is just making baseball fun. Um, I think the Cubs do a great job of that. The White Sox are going to be doing a great job of that. The Padres, the, um, what's it called? The Washington Nationals, the um, LA Dodgers, they're all really fun teams to watch. The Yankees are fun to watch as well. They just don't say healthy. Um, it would be interesting to see if there's a trade for Giancarlo Stanton um, to the White Sox, I I heard it's, there's rumors going around that he's available. Um, I don't think you need him. I don't think we need another bat. I wouldn't do that. Um, now, other teams, I, I say maybe, maybe we'll hear it. We'll listen to it. But um, to the White Sox, I don't think that's a possibility for them. I think the outfield is already full for the White Sox. Um, I don't see why. Other teams, you know, you, you that's a different podcast for a different day. But not to the White Sox. No, I don't think so. Um, that's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Uh, go Cubs. And I wish you guys the best. So.
good luck socks is all I'm really going to say. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say anything else because, like I said, not against you, but I'm not with you. All right, guys. Have a safe one. Peace out.